Yeah, welcome everybody to episode. Uh, we think twenty four. Episode twenty four. I think. I think it's twenty four. Let me check real quick. That's how you know we're in the season. We stopped. Uh, yeah, twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. Episode number twenty four of the three fifty seven podcast, and our first, no, our second off season episode because it was kind of actually no, not really because I guess the one we did a couple weeks ago was. Um, during tournament time, just yeah. Game, so yeah, it was like yeah. A- yeah. So this is our first off-season episode uh, officially of three fifty-seven. So we're going to see a big change in the way we did things in the middle of the season to how we're off-season. Because if you recall, a lot of our in-season stuff was centered around game picks and things going on during games, college basketball season. With us shifting to the off-season now. You know, we're going to look at the sport kind of in a different light because now what's dominating the college basketball world is transfers. Um, coaching changes kind of die down a little bit. We might touch on that. Uh, maybe a couple names that we weren't able to bet, you know, happened since our last episode, but mainly transfers along with a few uh, recruits for 2022 that are still deciding where to go. So that's pretty much what we're going to do today. And it's not just going to be that either, especially as we get on through the offseason. We're going to try a bunch of different things, hopefully, get a few interviews in there um, combined with just discussing transfers discussing teams to watch out for even as early as now we're starting to see teams kind of assemble their rosters for next year so let me talk about teams to spotlight hopefully get a few interviews by the time we get to the summer and um, just a whole different stuff for the offseason that hopefully we'll have planned so kind of a rough outline of what you can expect us going forward throughout the spring and summer but uh, for now let's just dive right in we really do schedule how we're going to attack things today we're just kind of very loose you know yeah. first thing in your head that you want to talk about uh we're going to discuss so uh you want to start with with transfer i to start off with no, i was going to just start off with some like returning people because like yeah. I mean, in the yeah. last hour we heard homie hawkes returning to ucla and i mean that's huge for them and if they get juzang to come back to with their new recruits i mean i think they're at least, I think they're a favorite to be the one preseason number one team, and definitely in the top three with like Arkansas and North Carolina. So that's huge news for them. And then also, uh, this is an ad, this was a few days ago, but since we've done a show, um, also Armando Baycott coming back to North Carolina. So uh, ACC fans, watch out! And I'll definitely be giving. I mean, I won't be a North Carolina hater next year too. Yeah, um, yeah, and also just real. This is a great day for us to record because there's there's a few dead days, you know, up until today. Yeah, today today's day. Flood of news um, from all around the country. So we'll try to touch on that. But yeah, hot guys, that's huge for UCLA. Um, like I said, we're going to have a wait. Uh, if you follow us on Instagram, so real quick, does this ties in? We're going to have our first way too early top 25 uh, dropping days where, you know, don't have enough info to do the top 40 yet. But we did do kind of a, 25 at this point in time still a lot more changes to come but it's where we have things for right now but with that being said i think both of us said ucla in our top five um after the news with haka is coming definitely confirms that um you know big help for the pac-12 and probably a pretty american at least on one of the teams i'd imagine along with baycott too which, yeah. yeah carolina can be a really good team next year if everybody comes back which as of right now um i don't know do you think 
between the UNC players, who do you think comes back and leaves between like Davis, Love? Um, those are the other two big ones after Picot, but I think Davis and Love are still waiting on decisions. Yeah, so, I would say because Dar- Dawson Garcia just committed to Minnesota, so he's gone. But I would give equal chances to Davis and Love. I don't really see either one of them. Obviously, Love was the bigger name, and um, in the end, the bigger player for North Carolina, especially in the tournament. But, I mean, I feel like part of Caleb Love's success is because he was at, on North Carolina and almost a little bit of that luck and just the chemistry with the with the guys, Davis, Manick, and um, Baycott, too. So I, I feel like him going somewhere else is kind of like restarting all that process for him, and it only hurts himself and North Carolina. So I feel like it's smartest if he stays. I feel like R.J. Davis could be the same type of player he is on North Carolina somewhere else. I feel like he could be a solid, um, like, uh, starter or, I guess, six-man type of guy. But I hope they stay, honestly. I, I know I was just shitting on North Carolina all year, but I genuinely do hope they stay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm talking about um, not trying to talk about the NBA declaring for the rather than transferring. I don't know oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right, actually. I don't know why I thought about transfer. But still, the same thing for the yeah. um, transfer, I guess, goes. If they – can they transfer? Uh, I think they can. I, I doubt they will. But I think a lot of the speculation right now with Tar Heel fans is whether they declare for the draft or not. Yeah, okay. That makes more sense. I, I thought you were talking about transfer, and I was just like, I don't see that. But, yeah, the draft, yeah. Yeah, Caleb loved the drafts. I'll give it, like – 60 65 percent chance of happening i would say i would say it's definitely a probable that he goes but is he able to go while keeping his eligibility still yeah i think as long as the whole thing is as long as you have a either if you don't hire an agent or if you have an NCAA approved agent yeah. then yeah i could see i could definitely see that happen i feel like that's what's going to happen kind of like how trace jackson davis did like he's going to interview players for it but um keeps his eligibility and maybe rj davis has the same but um same case but i would like i would, I would like to see them stay i mean be fun uh, especially for tar heels fans and i don't really see caleb love producing at a high level for an nba team right now and i feel like he's the type of player to get kind of bumped right down to that two-way g league contract and uh, i mean he wasn't really he was never elite until the tournament. He was. Are you uh, talking about Davis or, or Love? Love. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Definitely the stock. Uh, yeah, his stock definitely went up in the tournament, but I wouldn't. I would say it was like a temporary like boost. I don't. I don't think it's gonna like. I don't know. I feel like it'll kind of like fall back even. Yeah. And that I, I I agree with everything you said, and, and that title game kind of like I feel it because he he took a especially towards the end yeah. he tried, tried to play the try to play the hero ball, forced shots up. Yep. So yeah, I I I, I think you're right with everything. I think David comes back. Love probably declares with his eligibility, and then kind of like a Juzang situation last year where he's one of the big names that pulls yeah. out of the process comes back towards the deadline. And that's what I see happening. So. Yeah, should be should be a really good year for UNC next year, assuming those guys come back along with Baycott, which we already know. Um, he'll be back. Speaking of the title game, we never 
touched on you know this is our first recording since the title game oh yeah really, really good game um, yeah you know we're not obviously you've heard everybody's everybody else's thoughts on it for the day after so i don't really want to dive in too much but just kansas come back david mccormick what do we, i mean i keep going back yeah. to that what do we say david mccormick I mean, we told you kansas was going to win we were, i was scared at halftime honestly i thought there was, i didn't think there was any way kansas was coming back but also too if you were here Pretty much a month ago on Selection Sunday when we made our first brackets, I did have Kansas winning in my first bracket I made on this show too. Yeah. So look at that. We there you should listen to us. We get yeah. stuff right. You get stuff wrong, we get stuff right too. So yeah. Um uh, really good game though. Really good game. Uh all right. So those are pretty much the big returnees in the past couple of weeks, right? Is there any yeah, those are the two main ones. All the other ones are just, I mean, just pretty minor. But yeah, those are Baycott and uh, Hawkes, huge ones. Trey Jackson Davis declared for the draft. Um, so did um, Isaiah Mobley, and he did not retain his eligibility. Trace did. And a few other guys have to, which are like expected, but yeah. Um, which is interesting for Mobley. I feel like that that's a guy where probably should have kept his eligibility, but yeah, a good enough player around. I think it's, I guess, too bad of a deal for him. I would, I would have at least kept eligibility. See what the scouts have to say. Uh, you want to get into the transfer? Yeah, yeah. Let me just, uh, I'm just making sure there's no other like declared. Oh yeah, Pippen Junior. I definitely think even just because his dad. I mean, the guy's a bucket. He should get some chance somewhere, but um, his dad will obviously help his chances at landing on Sunbeam. Um, and he just entered less than an hour ago. So. Oh, yeah. Another thing, just this is random, just about Vanderbilt. Yeah. What do you think about their logo, their new logo? You know what? I I don't like it. I don't like I don't it. I, I think it's – I think people kind of hate on it. I don't think it's, like, awful. I just – I don't – I think their other one was better. I think they should have stayed. Yeah, I, I do think, yeah, their, their old one was better. Um, yeah, I don't know. Something about – Especially the V, if you seen like like the prime V like isn't great, but then the V and the star, like their updated one, the new one is kind of weird too, because like the uh, super big and like like it's too big for the star. Like here, I'll bring it up real quick. You guys see it, but yeah. oh, okay. like, what is that? I did not see that yet. Yeah, like like the new one. It's like yeah, big compared to the star. Yep, yeah, like yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, they're going for there, but I don't know. Yeah, should have just cut the old one. Yeah, we'll not be getting a spot on our top 10 best logos. Yeah, um, all right, so let's hit the portal now. Which, like, where where do you even start with the portal? Because so many days has been huge, but I feel like in the last week, or at least, I mean, obviously, the few days, the biggest name is Amani Bates from uh. From Memphis, and I mean, we kind of were on and off about the ups and downs of Memphis. They started the year off with high expectations. They kind of started plummeting, plummeting all the way to rock bottom in that Penny Hardaway interview, and then they kind of like slowly crept back up and were, uh, stayed off the radar until it was tournament time, and people were like, "Oh wow, Memphis has been winning games," and they've kind of just um, been out of the spotlight, which was probably good for them, but. I honestly don't think this is a huge loss for them. I mean, 
yeah, he's a great player and he's going to be one of the best transfers wherever he goes. But uh, I just don't – Memphis wasn't the right spot for him, and especially this year. Next year, who knows? It could have been a totally different situation. But um, I think it's definitely the best um, – like what happened, him transferring is – best case scenario for Memphis and for himself because he needs just a new start Memphis they kind of need a fresh start too they had all the I mean no one really knows how toxic it was but I mean you could tell Penny Hardaway was um kind of just saying everything about the freshmen and the veterans not wanting to um kind of give up time to the freshmen and how there was just that whole dynamic of um seniors to freshmen but I think he could, and he'll definitely make an impact wherever he goes. And I mean, I've heard, I don't think anyone really knows. I think a few speculations have like had him going to Alabama. I've seen some to, um, I saw one in North Carolina, but I've seen a lot of Alabama, a lot of SEC. Yeah. Alabama. I saw LSU. Actually, no, it was Auburn, I think. I don't know. But the main one I saw was Alabama. And, um, I could, I mean, if you remember, I mean, obviously we remember Alabama this year, like they could have used a guy like Amani Bates playing at his, um, potential. So we'll see how that goes for him wherever he decides to go. Yeah. It's tough with Bates too, because I do, I do agree. Memphis might not have been the spot for him, but at the same time, like what, what is the spot for him? Yeah. That's is what I was he, kind of just thinking of. Cause like, like he, he brings a lot of baggage with him the courts like from what i've heard I mean, i'm sure you know he seems like he he could be a nice from what i've seen like what i've read brings a lot of baggage in terms of, i know his dad is kind of like from for his you know kind of pushing the coaches to kind of like a lavar ball kind of guy exactly exactly so he might be one of those guys oh sorry what you're saying yeah i'm i'm pretty much just like whatever team he goes to i feel like you're gonna get a of course, a talented player, but you know he might he might hurt team chemistry a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, yeah, he's a good player, but he's gonna bring all the extra baggage, like you said. And I just forgot what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I was thinking that I feel like this could be one of the cases with a player where it's almost more beneficial to the player just to go right to the NBA. I don't know if he his play. I mean, I actually do know his play style, and it just doesn't fit the college basketball world. He's just not. It seems weird because it's like it's a team game. Basketball is a team sport, but he's not the college basketball team player. And sure, NBA teams still play with five guys, and that's a team. But uh, I mean, it's a it's a way different game, and yeah. I think he's definitely more built for the NBA. And some of these kids in high school while they're playing are almost – I mean, they definitely are. They're preparing for the NBA, which makes sense because that's their goal. But you kind of forget this, like, one year, two years of college that you have to do because you kind of expect it's just like, oh, it's just the transition between now to the NBA. Like, I have to do it. Yeah. And along with – I mean, along with me seeing uh, rumors about him going to Bama, him going to teams like, yeah, a lot of DC teams. Uh, so, you know, maybe Gonzaga, maybe a lot of the big names – um, I've also seen people think he's going to go to the G League Ignite, which I think for a guy like him, that makes perfect sense to go right to the G League yeah. um, team. I'd, I'd probably be surprised if he doesn't, if he doesn't, you know, 
take the professional route. Seeing what we saw of him this year at Memphis, it seems like he just wants to make the process of the NBA as quick as possible. Yeah. G League, obviously the best route, best route for that. Well, I do agree with that. I didn't think of that at first. I forgot about the G League. That's definitely the best spot for him. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to go down now from a five-star player in the country to a guy that was unranked when he signed in high school. That's Doug Edert, uh, the the king of March Madness. Got a lot of buzz, of course. I'm sure you guys, you guys all know about Doug. Yeah. But this is one that I wanted to talk about because you know the the casuals, let's say, were going in on this decision and all the comment sections I saw because. Oh, yeah. You know, after watching Doug play a couple games, they think that this man can play for five team. When in reality, wasn't even starting for St. Peter's. It's not the case. I think it's a group. He decides to commit to Bryant in Rhode Island. Um, Bryant, right now, the winner of the transfer portal. Better than, at this point right now, I'd say Bryant has been the leader of all teams in the transfer portal. And that was only confirmed just a few hours ago when they got Earl from Memphis, former five-star player, top 30 recruit, started at Miami, went to Memphis, and now he's coming to Bryant uh, in Rhode Island to play with Doug Eddard. Uh, they got a guy from Rhode Island, too, uh, University of Rhode Island, that I think averaged like eight and for them. They're getting guys. to, And they, the only player they're really losing is Peter Kiss. Um, Yeah, so they're, they're having a great run in the portal right now. And they get Doug Eddard. I want to know what you of his move to go to Brian because I'm all for it, but I know a lot of people felt he could have gone on somewhere bigger. But in my yeah, opinion, I don't. Think that's yeah, I think case. you're right. He kind of became a big name in the tournament, and everyone fell in love with him and maybe didn't realize that he was a bench player, but he was still lighting it up for St. Peter's, and he was really fun to watch. But, I mean, it doesn't mean he gets to go to, like, Kentucky. So he took a realistic path and went to Bryant because, um, I mean, we saw – Shaheen Holloway go to Seton Hall and all the guys from St. Peter's enter the transfer portal. So he made a, like a reasonable decision and went to Bryant, which is a respectable program. Yeah. They, um, they're the Northeast, right? Uh, yeah, but they're actually moving conferences next year. Which oh, is really? Awesome. Yeah, they're the America East. The America so yeah, East. Okay. Them in Vermont. Um, so it's like their amazing. sister conference kind of. Yeah, it's like a small, small step up. Yeah, but yeah, still it's good for Bryant. They won um this year they i mean they were pretty neck and neck with wagner in the top but they destroyed them in the last game to win the uh the spot to the tournament and peter kiss was the leading scorer and one of the mid-major the last mid-major player of the week for us too so um he did make his decision that he's leaving right yeah he's he's going to the draft that's yeah 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 we'll see Good, good overseas career is what i you know yeah but, I mean, it would have been cool to see him and Doug Edder, but, um, I mean, good for him. But still, uh, Brian is not a step down or a step in the wrong direction. It's yeah. just guy doing what he's got to do. And it's not – and even if it was a step down, which it's not, and that's why it's an even better move. But even if it was a step down, at least he's going to get to play a lot a lot more and be one of the stars on that team. So yeah. I think it's a good decision either way from him. Um. Yeah, I was going to go through just a couple names in the last couple weeks. Um, and then we're just going to try to go through because obviously there's been a lot of names to enter. So just, you know, real quick, maybe quick thoughts on 
these guys from both of us. And then if you want to add any that I missed towards the end, uh, talk about those guys. So Mark Sears to Alabama was a, was a big one. I think he's going to help him. Good scoring guard. Yeah, um, I like that move a lot. Yeah, and that, that'll be a big help for Oates. Uh, Kenny Lofton entering the portal was a surprising one for me. They did lose their coach, so I guess it was kind of Yeah, expected. that's when I saw it coming. Like, yeah, him and him at Louisiana Tech um, was, was fun to watch. And I, I've seen people saying Houston, which would yeah. be an interesting fit. Um, that would be good for Houston. I mean, they get a bigger guy who's could be the leading scorer because this year they had they were a really well rounded team and didn't really have before. Uh, oh gosh, uh, Sasser. Okay, I forgot who I was talking about for a second. Before Sasser um, had to step away for the season, he was their guy. But after that, in the tournament, they didn't really have one, but it wasn't necessarily a problem. But it's always good to have the guy who you can rely on. And I mean, I think. Lofton could do that. And I think he could make that jump too. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, he'll be he'll be a big help to any squad. I was gonna say something about him. I forgot I was gonna say. I mean, we don't know he's going to Houston, but like just in case he does, yeah. I guess oh yeah, and if they add even without Kenny Lofton, they may or may not be uh the number one team in our way too early top twenty five. So we are very high on Houston. You'll have to see if they do well there. Maybe, yeah. They're, They're near the top. Yeah. And we have him rated very highly without Kenny Lofton um, going into the year. So that would just make him even stronger. Um, let's see a couple. Uh, Will Richard to Florida from Belmont. That'll help them out a lot. That's, and Todd Golden. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for one of his, his first big recruit. Cause I know they lost um, Malik Renault uh, decommitted. He actually committed to Indiana just a few hours ago, which was exciting. He's teammates too on Montverde with, um, uh, Hood Shafino. So that'll be two five stars for Indiana next year, which is um, real exciting. But um, Florida, I think, right there at the top of the, I guess, winners from the transfer, por- transfer portal so far this year with, um, with Bryant, like you said. I think Will Richard is, yeah, huge for, uh, is, it's Todd Golden, right? Yep. yep yeah. Yep. His first big, big name recruit, uh, or I guess transfer. And I hope and Castleton's coming back too. So Applebee has his name in the portal, but I don't think he's um, transferred anywhere yet. So he could still come back. And I mean, that's the same team with Will Richard and whatever recruits they get next year. So Florida barely missed the tournament this year, had some good wins. I could see them definitely making some noise with a healthy Castleton. For sure. I agree with everything you said there. Um, so, yeah, big news for Florida. Um, Ali Ali to Butler is a good player for Akron. I think uh, we've recorded this after uh, Butler got Thad Mata yeah. back from back – from Rising back, back to coaching. Yeah, so that – you know, good good for Butler. Um, I don't know who they were going to go after after they fired Jordan, but big get. And as long as he – I know he had some health issues, which caused him to go out, but as long as he's healthy, get him back in. Yeah, he's a great coach. Yeah, we've already seen the he's getting some names to Butler and some names to transfer in. So uh good for them. Let's see here. One more thing real quick about Florida too. Yeah. Uh Golden uh being a mid-major coach with at San Francisco transferring to a power five uh school like Florida, because I mean I was just wondering like kind of the this kind of dynamic and how it's worked out recently with guys like Chris Mack from 
uh, Xavier to Louisville, and then um, Archie Miller from Dayton to Indiana. So there's just like a few examples of how it's, I mean, I guess bad scenarios, but uh, I mean, I know it's a little too early to speak and it's just because he's getting bigger recruits, but I don't know, for some reason, I think I was a little bit low too on the hire because I liked what Todd Golden was doing at San Francisco. And I mean, why leave? Because Florida was falling apart at the time, but I mean, now it seems like the complete opposite. Yeah. And that just shows he's, you know, he's, he's a good young coach and I think he, Going to be hearing his name. I don't know how he'll pan out of Florida, but wherever he ends up, I think we're going to be about him for a while. So, yeah, uh, yeah, good for him. Uh, okay, Andre Curbelo, a guy I think we all knew was kind of going to enter the portal. Yeah, I didn't see St. John's coming though. I did not see that coming. Yeah, St. John's back to back to St. John's and play with Alexander. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't. Not sure if it's the best fit, but I don't think fun so. team to watch. Uh, with, yeah. between him and her really good backcourt. So, you know, we've been very mixed on Andre Curbelo through the years. And if he can stay consistent, uh, big help to that John's team. If he goes back to how he played, especially towards the start of Illinois, who knows if it's really going to help. So, tough to see, but either way, it's a big name. Um, preseason All-American this year. So, it's a big name for, uh, for St. John's to pick up. Let's see. All right, now we'll get to the the big, big names that have entered. Um, mainly, we'll start off just a couple hours. Yuri Collins, and this is one that makes no sense to me. Um, yeah, yeah. This is this is the prime example. Everybody that hates the transfer portal, which I think I yeah, we'll get into a little discussion about what we think about the transfer portal towards the end here. But Yuri, Yuri Collins transfer from Lewis, a team that got almost everybody back, projected top twenty-five if he stayed. He was going to be – he led the country in assists. He's going to be their main point guard, just like he was this year. And uh, this is the guy that, you know, a lot of the transfer portal haters are going to as saying why the transfer portal isn't good. Because uh, it seems like – I'm not sure what the situation was with him in Tennessee, but from everything I'm seeing on Twitter, it seems like he has connection with Tennessee, and it's almost like 100% certain that everybody thinks he's going to Tennessee. Yeah, so, yeah I have seen that. I don't know what's happening there, but not a, not a big fan yeah. Well, I can see that because it's like you're taking away from a team like St. Louis, a mid-major team who could, who was going to be in the preseason top 25 and had a bright future because they had, or at least for next year, because they had all these guys coming back. And Yuri Collins was had a really good year and was one of the best players in the conference. But I mean, I don't know. I feel like I still am definitely in favor of the. I know we'll get in, get into it later, but uh, start. We'll talk about it now. I mean, yeah, I guess, but. I don't know. I just feel like this is one small price to pay for the portal. I still like it. And I think, uh, I mean, it's exciting too. It's kind of like, I mean, it's basically like a free agency and you have all kinds of guys moving and you have uh, guys going up, making the jump from a shitty mid-major team where they have pretty much no chance at any kind of postseason or good season moving up to a, a power five school or at least a better school and you have guys who are kind of riding the bench or struggling kind of like foster lawyer on Michigan state who um, go down to mid-major like Davidson and have a great year there and help take them to the tournament. So generally I think the transfer portal does its job well, but yeah, you do have, you're going to have cases like these with Yuri Collins. And I mean, 
it's not ideal, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still a big fan of the, of the portal. Um, some cases if in for most cases there are cases like this where i don't like it uh cases like yuri collins and there are a couple other guys i can name in majors like uh you know grandpa steel and um like i pretty much i find if you're like a senior and a mid-major and you're a good senior you want to transfer up but for guys that like freshman sophomore year they're, they're using these mid-major teams as stepping stones kind of to, to get yeah. to the big time when you know i guess i'm still old-fashioned a little bit in that kind of you know have some sort of loyalty at least to the, to the team. Yeah. I mean, obviously as fans, you get like caught up to the player and attached to the players. But I mean, a lot of times you just forget that like, yeah, they just want to, you kind of, you got to let them do their thing. But yeah, it's definitely annoying, especially if you're a fan of the team and there, it just seems like there's no loyalty, but I mean, it kind of just is what it is. But uh, yeah, real quick, I wanted to bring up, there's actually just a, Hey, from friend of the show, Nick Lorenzen over at Mid-Major Madness, and I thought brought up a really good point. I don't agree 100% with it, but I do agree with a lot of the stuff he said. And he made the argument that the transfer portal is actually, he made the argument that it's more beneficial for mid-majors than it is for high majors, because he kind of the risk, the bigger risk of mid-major stars going up to high major than it is for high major guys going down to mid-majors. And we've seen even over the past couple of years, guys from high majors transfer down to mid-majors and tear it up. Um, so he, he actually made the argument that the transfer portal helped majors more than it does high majors, which I don't 100% agree with, but I do agree that, it, and I've, we've been saying this throughout the year, it goes both ways. You got guys, you got the guys that move up and you got the guys that moved. Um, so, well, I still think the high majors benefit. He brought up, you know, I think he brought up a good point. And, you know, there's yeah. a lot more pressure on mid-major guys that try to make that jump, that jump up, so. It was kind of interesting, interesting tweet that he put out. Um, so yeah, and then yeah, there's a couple more guys I wanted to touch on in the portal real quick. Uh, some of the bigger names: Antoine Davis, Detroit That's Mercy. I wanted to bring up average dude's average like what 23 over 23 or over 24 points every year of his career, and he's about like scoring machine. He's, I think he's like top 10 all time or a top 20 all time in college basketball scoring so i mean you get real close next year if he uh goes to another mid-major but say i don't know i've i mean i haven't really watched any of his games so i don't know how good he actually is but i mean excited to see him somewhere besides detroit mercy where it just seems like his scoring is going to waste um i i've caught a couple i've caught games at Detroit Mercy the past couple of years, um, mainly in the tournament when they played in the first round because he was one of the top guys to watch in those first couple of nights of conference tournaments. And the thing with him is, is yes, he's the best scorers in the country. I think regardless of what conference he plays in, he's going to be one of the best scorers in the country. He can shoot from NBA-type game. Now he's getting kind of old for it, but um, an NBA-type you know type limitless range, I can pull it from anywhere. But the problem is, He's playing for his dad at Detroit Mercy. His dad is a coach at Detroit Mercy. And it was kind of a weird thing where kind of he's he's a bucket either way, but he, the guy puts up like in that in his dad's offense, his dad was letting him shoot like 25 times a night. So he was pretty much he pretty much had the green light whenever he wanted to shoot. Um, I cannot imagine it had to be kind of frustrating being a teammate of his because the guy doesn't really pass, especially if he gets kind of hot. So uh, obviously, his scoring is going to dip wherever he goes. 
which I'm guessing is going to be to a power six school. Michigan State, maybe? Yeah, better talent and the fact that his new coach is not going to let him do what he did. No. Detroit. Especially if it is like Michigan State and it ends up being Izzo. Yeah, yeah. Got to learn to pass the rock a little bit. But either way, very good player. Um, top five, I think, in the portal right now. Uh, definitely top ten. Uh, yeah, a couple more guys from actually one Davis to another. And this, I think, the number one player in the portal right now. Uh, Kendrick Davis, guard out of SMU. Coach uh, left two, so we entered the portal. And people say Memphis, which I don't, I don't know what that fits. Yeah, I can't. I don't know why. I did see that, too, but I don't know why. That, I would say it would, Nigel Pack still number one. I would have him number two. I mean, they're pretty inter- interchangeable. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Kendrick Davis is real. I mean, whoever gets him is a huge addition at guard. Yeah. I don't know what – is he a – do you know what year he is? He's played a couple – he's at least a junior. He's either a junior or a senior. Um because he's, he's played a couple of years at SMU. But, yeah, whatever team's getting in, they're getting a great point guard. Yeah. Um, and then last up, the last guy at least was Tyrese Hunter. Yeah. Uh, another one that a lot of the transfer portal haters point at. Because um, he just is a freshman, right? He just came off his freshman year at, at Iowa State, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I think he only played one year. Maybe so, Yeah, either one or two years. And – He's up and gone for them. Um, yeah, another good player. Don't know where he's going to go. Again, this just happened earlier today. But yeah, he kind of started like, yeah, he is a freshman. But he against Wisconsin was had a really good game in the tournament, and he was kind of underrated all year because Brockington sold the spotlight for Iowa State. But Hunter is a really good defensive player, and he was like pretty much their only offense besides Brockington. I mean, he wasn't really reliable all season, but he did um, step it up in the tournament in the two games that they played. And uh, maybe, th- I don't know. He, I mean, the point is, like, he's a good player. He stepped it up in the tournament. And um, I do kind of agree that this is one of the bad ends of the transfer portal where this player is young. He's, I mean, he's leaving a power five school. It's one of the... Um, it's Iowa State, so it's not like he's leaving like Kansas or Baylor, but I mean, he's probably going to end up going to a bigger Power Five school, like I would assume in a different conference. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, move there. I was, I mean, Iowa State—they're more of a basketball school than they are from from what I've seen. I mean, yeah, for sure, no way they're basketball school. Really good basketball culture, and I don't know, I don't know. Now, definitely, probably some sort of internal reason, but he's gone. So, yeah, names I had to talk about. I don't know. I try to cover some of the big ones. Are there any other? No, I had written down. I had Hunter, Yuri Collins, Imani Bates, Antoine Davis, and Kendrick Davis. Yeah. We got got all the big guys. Um, And, yeah, uh, and now, you know, now we're starting to see more and more guys committed, um, helping out some teams. Like you said, Bryant. Oh, uh, Jake Stevens also to Chattanooga. Big gift for Chattanooga. I was assuming I was pretty much just writing him off as going to a power five but yeah. or power six school. But big gift for Chattanooga and good for I mean in transfer it's it's interesting, but um I'll get to I'll get to shine there. Especially is DeSousa coming? I don't, I'm not sure if DeSousa's coming back, but they're they're two totally different players. Even if he does come back, I still feel like they can um he'll be able to shine in sort of his role. But 
Yeah, really good. I think uh, Malachi Smith, he declared, but he kept his eligibility. So if he comes back. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, like that. that, This might be a little much, but it's borderline like top 30, maybe even top 25 if they get Smith to come back and get Jake. Um, So uh, Chattanooga could stay stay a power in the the Southern SoCon. So, all right. That's it for portal news. Um, let's see. Uh, I, we have a couple, couple more things. Real quick, I think before we get into the NBA question, um, right before I saw a little, uh, there's a poll that came out um, actually yesterday with sports, uh, sport interests, sport popularity among adults. Oh, yeah. yeah, the graph. And college basketball came in number five, which I'm glad. I mean, you know, us being college basketball fans, we love it to be a little higher, but. That's exactly where I was expecting. Lower than the NBA, honestly. You think so? Yeah, I. I feel like, you know, as with all college sports, college interest is mainly a South and Midwest thing. I mean, obviously, there's fans all around the country, but I feel like it's kind of South Midwest college over NBA, and then you get to the two coasts, and it's pretty much, you know, between the Lakers and yeah, that's yeah. Um, huge schools is for a lot of the population is, you know, really the population. yeah, I mean, I live in the Midwest too, and I don't live by any, I mean, the closest NBA team to me is the Pacers and then the uh, Cavaliers. So I live by UC, Xavier, Ohio State, Indiana, Louisville, Kentucky, Purdue, uh, Ohio. So I live by a lot of just college sports. Yeah. For, for my experience up here near Buffalo, if it doesn't involve UB, if it doesn't involve a blue blood, only a few, you know, it's, it's a very small. I mean, there, there are definitely some, obviously, but you know, yeah, NBA and the, the obviously NFL. You know, yeah, there's a lot of college stuff down here, especially because the Bengals weren't any good till this year too, and the Reds have been not very good. So not not many professional teams to have hope for. Yeah, yep. Um, but I, I'm glad to have. I mean, no offense to to NHL fans. But college basketball got you ahead of the NHL, uh, especially up here at the Sabers. There, um, I mean, I guess I'm a Sabers fan because they're local, but just yeah, awful for the past like decade. So, you know, I, I don't have any. I really don't have any feelings towards that team. So, yeah, I have but, no hard feeling against hockey too. I love. I mean, whenever I watch a hockey game, I end up enjoying it, especially if I've like I've been to two and I actually liked them a lot. But I don't know. I just for some reason just like it's just hard to get into hockey. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I think I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of hard for me to because I, I went to I haven't been to a game in like five, six years. Yeah, but I, overall, I've been to like five or six hockey games. And, and yeah, they're fun. But I don't know. I, I, I'm really not sure why. I think it's a combination for me. The fact that the Sabres suck and the fact that it's not really. I mean, like the the TV the TV deals are different to where yeah you it's not it doesn't have as much it's not like they don't bring as much revenue in just because not I don't know if it's just I mean you kind of have to be in a cold area if you're to play hockey obviously because you got to play on ice and there's not many ice rinks available but like that's why people in like Minnesota or Wisconsin or I guess parts of New York because it's so accessible because you got like frozen lakes and stuff and you have to have that to play but. I mean, there's teams in places like Arizona, but I mean, who the hell is playing hockey in Arizona if you're not like a diehard hockey fan or uh, 
some kind of hockey prodigy. That's I don't know. That's just my take, and I think I still think it's a really interesting, like a fun, exciting sport to watch. I mean, it's the only sport where you can fight and not get like fined or ejected. And I mean, it's pretty simple to understand, and there's not many players, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, on paper, it's a lot like the NBA, fast-paced. Um, yeah, you're right. Runs, Low scoring. NBA markets itself a lot more. That's the different difference. Yeah. The NBA market, just like you said. I mean, I think hockey's kind of starting to grow a little bit in like places towards the south, but obviously, places like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Canada, uh, even up here in New York, a little. You get even farther north, with like Vermont, Maine, New Hampshire. Yeah, I mean, be, yeah, you're right. It's going to be hard to beat football and basketball because they're just so they're, I mean, they're the two most popular sports here. And I mean, baseball's just, there's just a history with it. And yeah. most, actually, yeah. But, I mean, it's yeah, pretty yeah. boring to watch on TV, especially if your team's bad, but uh, it's most accessible. There's the most games. And then, I mean, even like a sport worldwide sport, like soccer here was like what seventh probably. Uh, yep. Yeah. Right behind the NHL. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just kind of like, it's, yeah, it's different everywhere. Yeah. And I was, I was surprised that, um, MLB was ahead of college football still. And I think, we're, I think we're going to see that eventually fall down because the commissioner's not helping. Um, I'm a very casual baseball follower you know, from my FC commissioner's not helping and, um, college football, obviously, you know, King and I think MLB is going to start falling down a little bit as it's, you know, main audience kind of eight because right now I feel like it's, you know, primarily 40 and up, like I said before, that carries the viewership. So yeah. actually, I mean, yeah. No, you're fun, right. Fun to watch live on TV. Tough. I, I went to, I went to a couple games last year because the Blue Jays played in Buffalo for, uh, for most of the season. Um, so it was cool. I, I went to a couple of games, one against the Marlins, one against the Yankees, which obviously, you know, pretty much a Yankees home game, you know, uh, a lot in Buffalo. So it was, it was fun to watch, you know, live, not, not really knowing too much about the teams, but yeah. I think the only way I'd watch MLB other than the playoffs is if they had like a red zone type thing where it flung you around different. Well, that's a, that is a good idea. Cause yeah, you kind of just get sick of a game that's boring and just get stale, but I mean, it might be a hot take, but I think when your team's good and you go to an MLB game, it's the best sport you sporting game you can go to, just regular season game. But I think on TV it's the most boring. But I don't know. Because I feel like going to games, it's generally, like, really fun. But I don't know. I love college basketball. I mean, I feel like it's right up there with that. I feel like probably college basketball, then MLB. But yeah. I feel like an NFL game, you can still get at close to as much excitement if you watch it on TV, especially with Red Zone too. I mean, they're throwing it all at you. Yeah, these are the kind of discussions you're gonna get uh, by watching this during the offseason. We're gonna. This is like a random shit report, like unofficial. Exactly, exactly. We're gonna go off topic a lot, but hopefully, it's hopefully you know we're gonna have a lot of fun with it. So. Uh, yeah, speaking of, yeah, we're gonna go right into one segment that I, you know, that was fun. I want to move on to another fun segment. Uh, this question's been popping up on Instagram and Twitter over the past day, and we both, you know, without even saying it to each other, we both you know, had this idea to talk about it today on the podcast. Um, so the question was, who is the worst NBA player that could take a 16 seed to the championship? 
So let's take, for example, uh, Norfolk State, a team a lot of people thought was the worst team in the tournament this year. Obviously stood, but they ran into Baylor in the first round, got shredded by them. So let's take Norfolk State. Add some NBA player. It's up to you who you think they should add, but who do you think? I'm going to go to you first because I have a take that I feel like it's going to be different from yours and kind of unpopular one based on what the comments I've seen, but uh, who is the worst NBA player think that could take a 16 seed to the championship goal to win, to win the title? To win the yeah, title. and this is like, I mean, it's kind of, con- I wouldn't say confusing, but there's a lot of ways to think about it because 16 seeds are, I mean, yeah, they're, 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 they're pretty bad, but uh, they're still college players. So you're thinking like NBA guy, like much better. And it should be like, you should be able to find a player that's like, maybe not a superstar, but I mean, at least someone worse than like LeBron or one of the best players that could do it. Cause um, they're that good. But I, I really don't think there would be that many that could do it. I feel like there'd be a select guy, a few guys that could. And I think maybe like two or three could, I feel like, I don't know. The only one that I'm very certain about that could would be Seth Curry, but I think potential to, I think Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid. uh, Yeah. Those are my other two. Okay. Yeah. So actually we're not going to disagree as much as I thought we would because me personally, I, if I had to bet on it, I don't think an NBA player could do it because I, you know, here's my reasoning why. Uh, you look at guys, let's say Bankero, Smith, Holmgren, the top three picks in this year's draft, all going to be drafted this year, all likely going to average at least double digits their rookie year. So they're all going to go right into the NBA and be good players. They were all on college teams this year. None of them were able to do it with their college basketball stars around them. And they're going to be good players, at least, you know, that's that's projecting to be their first year in the NBA, which which is why I think if you, you know, you put a guy, you know, they're a double-digit scorer, which so I think if they couldn't do it with their teams, that immediately invalidates all the other double-digit scorers in the NBA from or all the other, you know, like 12, 13-point-a-game scorers and below from doing it. And I think even if you have a superstar and you're on a 16-seed with little to no help, you know, the thir- sweet 16, elite eight, I can see it, but winning the title, that's a whole different beast. And I yeah. don't think a single NBA player could do it. If I had to say one, I'd probably say Giannis. Cause I think his, you know, he could probably just bully a lot of college centers, but then I don't think, I don't think a single NBA player could, could carry a 16 seed. Yeah. I don't think many could. And, I mean, I picked MB because of like his size. I don't think anyone could match up to the physical play that he's used to and that he could um, put on another team. I mean, Kevin Durant's just – his skills going to be unmatched. And, I mean, uh, I think he has the potential, like say he got hot to like um, – to win some games. And then Seth Curry is pretty explainable to like dude can shoot. And I think one of the most difficult things too is like – yeah, like you said – these guys uh, who are who were stars on their teams from college who were going to the draft weren't able to do it with um, their good teams in what makes you think like an NBA player would be able to. I also think too is like 
these games are played within like two weeks too, like a two weekish span. So, um, and I mean, they're pretty physical too. NBA games, there's a ton of them and they're kind of almost, some of them are like, they feel relaxed sometimes. I know people call the NBA soft. I wouldn't say it's soft, but I feel like it's not a hundred percent all the time. The tournament is a hundred percent, like 110%. It's a whole different uh, story. And I feel like, I mean, there's a ton of pressure too, but yeah, I would say unlikely, but I think a few players could do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, either those are both of our takes on it. You let us know in the Instagram comments uh, or post what you think, uh, what NBA player you think, if any, could carry a 16 seed title. But that was definitely an interesting scenario that uh, I saw, you know, we saw on social media. We felt we had to talk about it. So that's all I have. Uh, I know you want to talk a little bit about pretty much a kind of makeshift Indiana report here because they've had some big offseason yeah. over the past few weeks. Yeah, so uh, Malik Renault was a five-star committed to Florida, and then they had the coaching change, so he decommitted. And before he had committed to Florida, Indiana was one of his final schools in his um, top five or six schools. And it just caught my attention because I didn't really realize he committed – or Indiana was in his, like, final schools. But then it was like, wow, Indiana is, like, back in the running for him, and they were one of the top – uh, candidates and I didn't realize it and he did end up just a few hours before recording this uh, he ended up coming to Indiana and he is teammates on Montverde with Jalen Hood Shafina and that's Indiana's other five star so they have two top 25 recruits for next year coming in and I mean now if Trace does leave with Malik he's a forward He's athletic. I mean, it's not the end of the world if he leaves. It's not like they're losing. A, I mean, yeah, they're losing a huge piece, a uh, veteran. But, uh, I mean, I think Malik could help fill the role and uh, a huge get for Indiana, too, for next year. And they have two other lesser-known recruits coming in, CJ Gunn, and I hate that I forget the other guy's name, but I know he's good. But they're um, four-star and a three-star in there. Uh, I mean, excited to see them to play next year. So Indiana is probably going to lose Christian Lander, but he was a five-star who came in two years ago and he just hasn't really done much. So not too upset about that. Patrick Stewart, most likely not coming back. And a huge decision still awaiting is race Thompson. He was one of the best glue guys this year. He was averaging a double double for most of the season. I think he might've finished average with averaging a double double. And I mean, he, He's one of the veterans. He's been on Indiana for four years. He could come back for his COVID year, and that would be huge for Indiana because he's the, that veteran, the big man. He's going to grab boards, and it's kind of like the leadership that Indiana is going to need. That's yeah. Uh, and, yeah, but it looks like, you know, bright future Indiana team. And I guess I'll be the first one to tell it to you. Uh, four days ago, Race announced he is coming back for his – Oh, he did? Year. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't even see. Yeah. I guess I'm a shitty Indiana fan. I didn't even realize that. But yeah. Okay. So yeah, what I said is happening. So take all of that. Like it did happen already. But yeah, yeah I guess I missed it somehow. But yeah, Race Thompson coming back. So if Trace Jackson Davis came back. I mean, they pretty much have the same team. And yeah, pretty much the same team with upgrades. And then the next two years or two years from now, they'll, um, getting Gabe Cups too and other like undecided uh guys still that for that year that um, need to make a decision but 
yeah, there's some good years in the future for Indiana, so I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, they, they had a bright future. And I had him just on the edge of my way to really top 25. I know you had him. I think I had him at like 24 or something like that. But I mean, after these two, I think it's, um, I would definitely have him in my top 20, like confidently in my top 25. Yeah. So we'll have to see, we'll have to see how, uh, how Mike Woodson does uh, this, this next year. So Edge, do you have anything else you want to touch on? Uh, college basketball news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we, we covered a lot of the big news. Yeah. We went all over the place, but uh, I mean, you should know everything now. Exactly. Um, all sorts of things as these episodes are going to be like, you know, if, you, if you're out of the loop a little bit and you're starting to Twitter feed, starting covered up with NBA playoff news and uh, NFL draft news, if you're in the NFL draft, that comes. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot going on. It's pretty overwhelming. Like I didn't even realize a player from my own team came back. So it's just kind of like trying to like get a direct stream of information. So you don't have to like go looking for it. Cause I know it sucks. Like, you don't know what to look for because you don't know who is doing what. So it's kind of like, you don't really know what's happening with some of these like transfer return commits, decommits, declare for the draft. So. Yeah. If I give a shot to Twitter lists, cause I would have missed a lot of the news if it wasn't for, you know, that feature on Twitter, I have a little list with all the big college basketball guys that I can look at that as kind of a separate feed and see, see some of the college basketball news. So. Shout out, shout out to Twitter for uh, for adding that feature a while ago. So, yeah, with that being said, there's one more thing we got to get to before we wrap up this episode. And, uh, Colin, you still got one more year before you make your college decision. But me personally, I'm a high school senior. And actually, I just just put down the deposit a couple of days or yesterday. Uh, yeah, yesterday um, for the school that I will be attending for the next, you know, as long as everything goes to plan the next four years in the school that I will be a of. Um, so, uh, it, was, it was a you know long process, and you know real quick, I'm, I'm going to treat this kind of like a little uh, a little makeshift commitment. Um, some of the final schools I was looking for: uh, University of Rhode Island, uh, University of Richmond, Syracuse University, and Penn State University. Um, all schools that I got accepted into, and all schools with good good uh, sports journalism programs, which is what I'm going to be going for. Uh, they all came close, but those are not the schools I will be attending this upcoming uh, fall. I will be going to the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. Uh, I'll be attending UMass, and with a, you know I'm, I'm going to be attending them for sports journalism, and they have a bright future uh, in basketball. Uh, just hired Frank Martin. Big the splash Minutemen. there. Yep, the Minutemen. Um, so I'll be getting involved, hopefully, with with Frank and eventually you know try to cover the team a little bit there so i think next year uh if we you know as long as we're still doing the podcast we'll have your indiana and i will have my umass report now now that i'm back in the game as a, as a official fan of 18 college basketball so um i'll call actually they just had uh, a commitment to go to they got rasul diggins for former four-star at uconn just transferred to umass you know, now i gotta follow all the accounts i gotta you know, start getting myself back into that game. Um, but yeah, that's where I'll be attending. That's the team that I will be a fan of for now. And, you know, we used to be football school. Now they're more of a hockey school, but hopefully with Frank Martin kind of turn the tide back and he's done a great job so far getting, uh, getting some transfers in. So you'll have Indiana, you'll be 
reporting on the Big Ten, and I'll be reporting on the Atlantic Ten, which should be good. I mean, I'll watch Dayton too, so I'll definitely. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a good chance I'll catch some UMass uh, games. Yeah. So that is uh, for all the listeners that if anybody cared about where I was attending, there you yeah. go. Dean Wendell, five-star sports journalist, committed UMass. So make me an edit. Make me an yeah, edit for I'll make it. I'll make Dean an edit, and we'll post it on the podcast. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a minute man. Excited for that. So that being said, um, I think that'll wrap up wrap up our show here. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, in case you got you didn't hear it before, we're gonna be doing a show in the off season every two weeks. So I think it's like May 2nd, May 4th, something like that. We'll be back. I'm sure more transfers, more commitments by then, more, more things to talk about. Yes. So until then, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Uh, here, you want to uh, quit in the Instagram? Um, we'll have the. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we said the, you said the top 25 will be out most likely this week. And I mean, I guess just look out for just literal, just random shit, just kind of ranking any kind of rankings, like, uh any just opinions i mean yeah just kind of expect the unexpected any kind of uh posts or something we might i don't know if we'll do we might save all the trans transfer news for um the show just because it's uh, easy to easier to talk about and it's hard to i mean in an instagram graphic you kind of just want to have the visually appealing stuff and we want to save all the analysis and like the description instead of just a instagram caption of 10 pages that no one wants to read, but we'd rather talk about it on the show here. And uh, it's just bigger, like more exciting news for us to talk about instead of post. Yeah. So let's update on that. Make sure to follow us at TFS underscore pod. And until then, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks for another episode of 357.